good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening. Thank you very much for tuning in to the All You Listening Now podcast, where I will talk about any and everything. I am your host, Johnny, back at it again for another week. Hey, yo, shout out to the people who are still holding on for dear life and not giving in to the pressure. Big ups to you people who are doing that. I am one of those people, and I'm talking about to the people who have not watched Squid Game on Netflix. I know it's the top show ever on the platform, but hold on, my brother. Hold on, my sister. We can do this. We in this thing together. There is power in the minority. Nevertheless, nevertheless, wherever you are listening, I certainly hope you have had a very good week because I know I have as well. All right, ladies and gents, want to start off today's show. As I always do, thanking each and every one of you for taking the time out of your busy, busy day to download and listen to the show. Thank everybody who has already gone to my social media page, which can be found at R-Y-L now. That's the word R spelled out Y-L now on Facebook. If you have not, if you enjoy the content you're listening to here, enjoy some of the things you may see me post over there. Give me a like, give me a follow. I would also, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, my podcast is being played anywhere podcasts are being uploaded. So if you have a friend or a loved one that you've told about the show, they can find me on any platform. So on these different platforms, there's a way to uh, rate the show and even subscribe to the show. So that way, when a new episode of the podcast gets dropped, it alerts you, goes automatically to you. So that way you don't miss it. In the description of the show, I leave timestamps for each segment of the show. So that way you can go back and listen to different segments of the show that were your favorites. So look for the timestamps in the description. But on today's show, there's a lot of things happening in the world of sports. So this is going to be a sports themed episode today. It's going to be a sports themed episode. Got a few topics going to go in a few directions. My first one I wanted to start with was... And this has been talks of most sports shows or columnists or even other podcasts. The NBA put out his list of top 75 players. It's the 75th anniversary of the league. So they released this top list. And there were a few people who were left off the list, in my opinion, that I felt should have made it. And there were a few people who made the list who I felt shouldn't be on the list. Now, here's what I will say. Every list is subjective. It just is. Everybody's GOAT argument in the NBA is subjective. Mount Rushmore, all that stuff is all subjective. But when you're making a list that says these are the 75 best players, there should also be some consistency to it. Like, for example, if we're putting somebody on the list who has a lot of accomplishments, that's perfectly fine. But at the same time, if we're going to do that, we also can't put somebody on the list 
who doesn't have a lot of accomplishments or omit people who have a lot of accomplishments simply because I don't know, personality or we don't like them or something like that. It's why, for example, a guy like Barry Bonds, who holds a ton of different records in baseball, is not in the Hall of Fame. And yes, you know, people always argue about him taking steroids. But all I know is, since it wasn't illegal then, and there wasn't rules against it until after the fact, and just looking at his stats alone, and even if we have his career from when we thought he took steroids to before and after, Dude's a Hall of Famer. He should be in the Hall, but he's not in the Hall. Some because of that and some because people didn't like him. And that's kind of the way I think a couple of people on this list made it. So I'm going to give you three names on the list who I feel shouldn't be on the list. And then I'm going to give you three names of people I, I feel should be on the list. And of course, I'm going to give my reasons why for both. The first easy one that I think a lot of people are bringing up is Damian Lillard should not be on the list. Now, again, if we're basing this on talent, then you could put Dame on the list. But if this is a list of accomplishments, then Dame falls a little short. For starters, he's never even been to an NBA Finals. He's only been to one Western Conference Finals. And on that, he ended up actually losing in the uh, Western Conference Finals got swept by Golden State and that was when KD got hurt. So, guess what? If you look at his career numbers, he's a six-time All-Star, which, you know, isn't terrible, but, you know, again, isn't like, you know, just that great. He did win Rookie of the Year and he was on the All-Rookie team. Now, granted, that started later in, in some of the older players. There was no all-rookie team. But anyway, so he got that. Um, he doesn't have any other single awards. He's a six-time all-NBA. He's only been first team once. And the other one was second. And I think he had two seconds and three-thirds. So, I mean, he only has one all-NBA finish. And look, I know a lot of people like Dame. He hit that shot over Paul George, you know, and waved by to Oklahoma City Thunder at the time when Westbrook was there. And, you know, he gets a, and he hits he has hit a lot of other buzzer beaters, but he just hasn't accomplished enough to make this list. Now, obviously, if you're going to take a guy off the list, you got to put somebody on the list, right? Or somebody who should make it. And for me to replace Damian Lillard, I personally would have replaced him with Grant Hill. That would have been the person I would have replaced him with for a variety of different reasons. Grant Hill is a seven-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA selection, and out of the five, three of those times, he was actually first team. He was also a rookie of the year, and he was on the All-Rookie team. By those numbers, in comparison, now granted, Damian Lillard averages more points, but back when Grant Hill came into the league, the league was a lot slower, a little bit more physical, 
So the scoring wasn't quite what it is today. And for my money, Grant Hill was a much, much better player than Damian Lillard. Therefore, Grant Hill, in my opinion, should be on the list ahead of a guy like Damian Lillard. The next person on the list that I would take off, and I don't want y'all to think this is like a, I don't want y'all to think that I'm just being biased towards these new guys, right? And taking all of them off. I'm going to give you an old head who I liked him when he was playing, but dude shouldn't have made the list. And that guy is Reggie Miller. Now, Reggie Miller, everybody knows, phenomenal three-point shooter. Everybody remembers when he hit the shot in the garden, gave Spike Lee the choke sign (laughs) and all that. Scored 12 points in like nine seconds, something ridiculous like that. So Reggie Miller was a very good player. He was a five-time All-Star, only three-time All-NBA, right? So Reggie Miller, again, great player. But again, an O-head that I wouldn't have had on the list. Because I think the lure with Reggie Miller, like his mystique is higher than I how good he actually was. Like he's not in, he's like, if this was a top hundred list, you can put Reggie Miller on there, but it isn't. So Reggie Miller for me wouldn't be on the list. I'm going to tell you who I would replace him with. And this guy gets slept on so much. It's, it's almost, it's almost criminal. He gets slept on this much. And I think it's because he played with another great player. And because of that, sometimes people get knocked, but people don't realize how good this guy was. And the guy I would replace Reggie Miller with is Tony Parker. And before any of y'all, Tony Parker, let me give y'all some numbers for Tony Parker. Now, I guess he was playing alongside Tim Duncan when he won four championships, but he also was a finals MVP for one of those titles, which means he was the best player in the series. He was on the all-rookie team. Didn't win rookie of the year, but he was on the all-rookie team. He's a six-time all-star, so that's already more than Reggie Miller. And he was four-time All-NBA, which is also already more than Reggie Miller. So when you compare their careers, Tony Parker, when you put it all together, had a better career than Reggie Miller. Tony Parker, a lot of the times for those Spurs teams, especially when when Tim Duncan got obviously older, Tony Parker was some of the catalyst for those teams. He was actually their go-to player, him and, you know, Manu. But, and I like Manu, but six-man, as great as he was, he just wasn't going to make the list. But Tony Parker should. So Tony Parker in the place of Reggie Miller. And my final one that I felt should not have made the list, and I think he only made it simply by what he did two years ago, when he won a championship, and that's Anthony Davis. Now, I get it. Anthony Davis is great. Great. But if we're basing this on career accomplishments, Anthony Davis, outside of the one year he had with the Lakers when they won, think about his career in New Orleans. 
Sometimes he couldn't even get them to the playoffs, and you could say it was in the tough West, but okay, didn't get them there. When he got them there, which is only twice, by the way, in his six or is it seven years, I think it's seven years he had in New Orleans, he got onto the playoffs twice. He won one playoff series, and that was actually against one of the guys I took off, Damian Lillard, when they got swept. And then in the next round, he lost. So he never actually been to the conference finals prior to actually teaming up with LeBron in L.A. Now, when you look at his career numbers, you know, eight-time All-Star, three-time block champ, four-time All-NBA, two of those he was first team. The other two were second team. He was on the All-Rookie team, four-time All-Defensive team, which is pretty impressive. And, of course, obviously he won the title. As we talked about, he was an all-star game MVP, which I don't really put much stock into that anyway. But uh, So he has some numbers. But, to me, has not done enough of his career yet to actually have made the list over this guy. And this guy is another one of those who I think people forget or have forgotten how great this guy was. In his prime, he was talked about as one of the five best players in the league. When it came to MVP voting to win MVP, he made the top five in MVP voting six times. and Or it was five times, excuse me. And he was second place twice. He took a team that he was the best player on to the finals without another all-star being on that team at the time. And how we praise LeBron for doing that, don't know why this guy doesn't get the same level of praise, maybe because he didn't win. LeBron didn't win either when he did that. But this, And I'm not saying this guy is as good as LeBron. Not, not, no, no, not even close. In his prom, this guy should be on the list of head of Anthony Davis, and that is... Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard should have made this list because he was for probably seven, eight, you could argue nine years, was the best center in the league. The best. The dude was an eight-time all-star. Two-time block champ. Five-time all-defensive first team. Three-time defensive player of the year. He won the championship with the Lakers, so he obviously has a title. Eight-time All-NBA, and six of those times, he was first team. He was the rebounding champ five times. And yes, he was on the All-Rookie team. So when you match career accomplishments between him and Anthony Davis, it's Dwight. It just is. Because... They have the same amount of All-Stars. They both have a title. Dwight has more defensive first teams. And he has three defensive player of the year awards. Anthony David didn't have one. When you Again, when you look at career accomplishments, Dwight Howard should be on ahead of Anthony Davis. So those are my three guys that should come off. And my three guys who should come on. Had they done this, this list would have been right. All right, let me switch to this. Let me switch gears. I, I, 
I really don't know how to start off this segment, honestly, other than saying I suck at picking NFL games right now. And you should just skip this segment altogether. You should just skip it. Um, just kidding. Don't, don't do that. Keep listening and, and keep listening because I, I, I haven't given up. I've been bad. I've been bad people, but I have not given up. Even though last week I finished one and four last week, bringing my overall record to 13 and 12. I feel like this is my week for a rebound. I really do. And I think it's going to work. Otherwise, like Captain America said in Endgame, I don't know what I'm going to do if it doesn't. But without further ado, let's dive in to my NFL picks for this week. So the first game I wanted to pick, and I find this game intriguing. I know some may not, but I find this game intriguing. And that would be the matchup between the Lions and the Eagles. Here's why I find this game interesting. So everybody knows the Detroit Lions is 0-6 this year. 0-7, excuse me, this year. Have not won a game. The Eagles are 2-5. and Here's why this is intriguing. The Lions, even though they're 0-7, they have played hard each game. They really have given their all to try to win every single week. I know it doesn't, you know, when you look at the standings, it doesn't look like it. But I like the way that team has been playing. Their new coach, you name, escapes me for the moment, but it'll come back to me. But in, in for the sake of the discussion, doesn't matter. But he has those guys actually playing hard. Jared Goff has not looked terrible this year. I mean, he ain't looking great. You can see why the Rams got rid of him, you know, since some of his decision-making, eight touchdowns, six interceptions. Now, granted, he doesn't have much to work with either in Detroit. Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, for the Eagles, we're still trying to figure out if he's a franchise quarterback. We, we just are. Now, granted, last week, no shame into losing to the – Raiders, even though I picked them to win and beat the Raiders, but no shame. I mean, the Raiders actually have a good football team and they seem to have galvanized around the fact that, you know, John Gruden is gone for this game. I'm picking the Lions to win because I like their energy. I like the way they're playing. And I think this is the perfect game for them to actually get off the snide and get them a victory. Philadelphia is in rebuild mode. I mean, they just are. I can guarantee you this coming up draft that there's a quarterback coming out that's a top prospect, and if they actually get a pretty good pick or can trade up, guarantee you they're going to draft a quarterback. Mark my words, because they don't believe in Jalen Hurts. I believe, I don't think he's actually a NFL starting quarterback. Could he be a backup? Sure, he could be a backup, but you're not going to win many games with him. So I got the Lions... This week over the Eagles. The next game I want to pick is, yes, I'm bringing up the Coats. I think by now everybody knows this is my favorite team. 
Just like you all have favorite teams. Okay, so excuse me for my bias. But this week, we have an, an important game versus the Tennessee Titans. Now, the Titans have been rolling. They really have. They've been rolling. As we already know, Derrick Henry is a bona fide baller. But this last game, when they beat Kansas City, they actually won due to Ryan Tannehill's arm. And because of that, that was their third uh, game that they won in a row. Tennessee's looking good. They are looking good. So my team is at home because this is a, a division game. And even though Carson Wentz last week did look pretty good versus the San Francisco 49ers, even though, again, yes, the rain was horrible and it really didn't allow him to throw the ball. I mean, either quarterback, him or Jimmy G. But I thought he actually played pretty good. We've won a couple of games in a row, three out of our last five. And with us being at home, we need to win this game to keep pacing the division. Look, at the beginning of the year, I know when y'all was listening to me, I didn't have much hope. That was mainly because I didn't believe in Carson Wentz. And he's kind of giving me to buy in a little bit. You know, him and Frank Wright, our coach, they, they kind of give me to buy in a little bit. So I'm going to put in my hopes on them this week. I'm picking the Colts. I don't have a very good reason other than I think what the Colts are going to do. Ryan Tannehill won that game last week, but is he going to do that two weeks in a row? Can he do that consistently? I don't think so. We're going to need Derrick Henry this week, and I think my Colts actually have a decent run defense. Again, we're not stopping people from from rushing the ball, but you know, we I mean we 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 respect we're middle of the pack, so I think we're going to keep the ball ball control. Keep Derrick Henry on the sideline. Colts are going to win. Got the Colts to win at home. And that will bring us one game back in the division. The next game I'm going to pick is the Cowboys and the Vikings. So Cowboys coming off a bye week last week. Much needed because of the injury to Dak Prescott. By all accounts, he's going to play. The Cowboys have a three-game lead in the division they're going to win the division. Honestly, if Dak went 100%, they probably just shouldn't play him and just let him rest because the division is what it is. Now, I think Dallas is looking at the landscape too, saying, look, the only undefeated team out there right now is the Cardinals. So we still are in play for a number one seed if the Cardinals lose, which let's be honest, the Cardinals are not going 17-0 and as good as they are. And I think the Cardinals are a very good team, but they're not going 17-0. and so we're still in play for number one seed. So if Dak is healthy, he's probably going to play. And with them, you know, obviously having a five-game win streak going, keeping some momentum, that's I think that's going to be important. They're playing Minnesota in Minnesota. And Minnesota, for the last mm, two weeks, have looked respectable. I mean, they barely squeaked by Detroit. And then they barely beat Carolina, and they did it in OT. And Carolina, you know, hasn't actually looked too good without Christian McCaffrey. I mean, they won three games and then they just straight lost when he got hurt. I'm picking the Cowboys in this game simply because the Cowboys just have a better team. 
They just do. Cowboys run defense is actually better than people realize. They're only giving up 86 yards a game. I mean, that's pretty stout. On the flip side of that coin, Minnesota's uh, defense is giving up about 128 yards a game. And Dallas with Zeke and Pollard, that one-two punch is enough to keep Cousins and Thielen on the sideline. And Cowboys are just going to win. So got the Cowboys to win in that matchup, as long as Mike McCarthy doesn't screw it up. My next game I'm going to pick is the Steelers and the Browns. So a lot of controversy this week, unnecessary in my opinion, around Mike Tomlin, you know, potentially leaving to go coach UFC. And he squashed it this week, as he should have had, because I just thought that that was ridiculous myself. I mean, why leave the Steelers, who's a premier job in the NFL, to go coach a team that has not been good since Pete Carroll left and to try to revive that program. Like, why the heck would you do that? I mean, Mike Tomlin is going to have that Steelers job as long as he wants it until he gets ready to retire because that's just the way the Ronies and the Steelers do it. They've only had three coaches in the whole franchise's history. Chuck No, Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin. So hopefully that distraction's out of the way. And they're playing the Browns. The Browns, I think they're going to get Baker Mayfield back. He did say that he felt better with that week off for his shoulder. Not throwing, but still a shoulder in injury. Now, granted, they won last week without him, which is a heck. Would you look? I know it was Denver, and Denver has not looked the best. You know, they haven't looked as well as people thought they were going to look, considering their stout defense. But, yeah, winning without Baker, yeah, a little bit of a damning look. I mean, especially considering Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt didn't even play. They got Jarvis Landry back. Odell Beckham, I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't know if Odell just doesn't want to be there or they're not using him right or he just can't play anymore. I I don't know because he, he just has not. Look great at all this year. I mean, even this last game, he really wasn't even on the field much. I mean, that's how crazy it's been with Odell in Cleveland. I mean, he doesn't even look like himself. I mean, he has, what, 16 receptions for 226 yards? Doesn't even have a touchdown? Jarvis Landry hasn't even played. I mean, he only played three games a year, and he almost has as many catches as Odell. I mean, it's, I think they should just trade him and get some for him. And it's not because I don't think Odell can play. I, I think he can. I just think he needs to just go to a different system with a different quarterback. Look, the Steelers have not played great this year either. I mean, they're three and three. They have won two games straight. They beat Denver. They beat Seattle. Now, granted, again, it's not saying much since Russell Wilson is out. But, you know, hey, a win's a win. That's a pretty loaded division. I'm picking Pittsburgh in this game because with, I think, Chubb and Hunter still going to be out. Chubb is questionable, so he might be back. If he he comes back, then that'll serve the Browns better. But I just think the Steelers are going to win this week. I, I thought, you know, this may be the year that Mike Tomlin team finally finishes under 500, but I, I, I don't, I don't think Cleveland and they're playing in Cleveland too. And Cleveland defense have not looked good this year. 
Like, I'm actually disappointed in their defense. They're not giving up many yards a game rushing, but passing, they're, yeah, they're, their defense is getting pretty torched. Pretty good. I mean, last week they did okay, but again, that's Teddy Bridgewater and who throws the ball five yards at the max 10 yards. I think he threw a pass last week that went like 20-some yards. I was stunned to see Teddy check down and do that. Yeah, still is in this game over the Browns. And the last game I'm going to pick is going to be the Patriots and the Chargers. The Chargers, I think, if memory says, I think the Chargers were on a bye last week. I believe they were on a bye last week. And they got, you know, curve stumped by Baltimore the week before. Yeah, so that bye week actually kind of came at the right time for them to kind of regroup and come back. Justin Herbert... He's going to be a stud in, in the league. I mean, he's playing well for a second-year player. 14 touchdowns, only four interceptions, 65% completion. He's a ninth in the league in QBR with a 61, 1,700 yards passing. So Herbert's a player. Again, they have great offensive weapons with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. That running back they have of Keckler is actually, you know, he's a respectable back. You definitely have to pay attention to him. Going up against the Patriots, who some people say kind of a disappointing team, considering, you know, Bill Belichick happens to be the GOAT coach, which I totally agree with that he is, in spite of the cheating. They are starting a rookie quarterback, though. And at times, Mac Jones does look like a rookie quarterback. They haven't really beaten any good teams. They have three wins, but the three wins came against the Texans, rebuild. The Jets, we already know the Jets. Yeah. (laughs) Aren't good. And out of those three wins, two of them are against the Jets. So they haven't beat anybody good. But they're going to be somebody good this week because that's who I'm picking for my upset special of the week. I'm picking the Patriots over the Chargers. Chargers, yes, they're coming off a bye week. They're at home. But I think Bill Belichick got something up his sleeve for him. And I'm picking the Patriots to win this week. So that was my picks for the week. I have Lions over Eagles to get their first win. I have Colts over Titans. Cowboys over Vikings. Steelers over Browns. And Patriots over Chargers. May the Lord have mercy on my soul. If I have another week like I did last week. <laughs> Woo! All right, that's fine. Got this. I got this. All right, ladies and gents. Before I get out of here for the day, I want to switch gears to this. So to stick to the NFL for a moment, this past week, Tom Brady set the most touchdown passes in NFL history with 600. And look, by the time he retires, he might have set that record out so far that it's going to take a few generations for anybody to actually come close to it. A fan ended up with the ball, gave up all of their leverage. I mean, they got some cool stuff out of it, but I mean, they could have had over half a million dollars for that ball. So with all the stuff they got, that don't add up to over half a million dollars. Even with the one Bitcoin Tom Brady got on, which was pretty cool. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, hey, God bless that fan who gave it back. But with that taking place this week, this past week, it got me thinking about sports records that are so far out there that not only are they impressive, they probably won't be broken ever. So I'm going to give you top five sports records that I feel are not only impressive, but will never be broken. So let's start with number five on my list. And that would be the NFL rushing record held by Emmitt Smith. And even though it took him about 100 more rush attempts to get it than Walter Payton, he got it and he passed Walter Payton. He retired with 18,355 yards, more than 1,600 yards ahead of Walter Payton. And honestly, I don't see anybody catching him. The only player who has recently played that is kind of close is Frank Gore. And he is 2,355 yards behind Emmett. With him currently out of the league and the NFL not really being a running backs league anymore, he's going to hold that record for probably the rest of my lifetime and probably after that one. So Emmitt Smith's rushing record, that's his to have for all of eternity, it looks like. Let's go to my number four impressive record. So the man known as the record book holds one of the single greatest seasons that anyone has ever had and I'm willing to bet everything I own, it will never be broken. He has so many records, but this one I want to talk about is the season he had from 1961 to 1962, where the man averaged 50 points and 25 rebounds while playing 48 minutes a game. That's just disgusting. I don't even know how to put that into context, how nuts that record really is. To play basically the entire game and average that many points and that many rebounds and to play every minute, every game, that, that, that's, just, that's just gross. Out of all the great players the NBA has ever had, there isn't a single soul that has come close to that record. The only reason why I don't have this record higher is because he did do this versus a league with not that many teams and players that could actually match his size and talent. Every other great season by any individual in the NBA since then and even into the future is always going to come in second place to that one. Let's go to number three on my list, and this is Wayne Gretzky's hockey records. All of them. <laughs> so from one man that is the record book for his sport to another man who in many ways is his sports record book, it's safe to say that this man has some records that will probably never, ever, 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 ever will be broken. He owns the record for most goals, 
goals scored, assists, shorthanded goals, and points, but the one that he has that is most impressive and will never be broken, well, it's it's all of them. (laughs) It's all of them. No one is going to get anywhere close to those. Now, Alex Oveskin, who is still playing, is getting up there with the goal scored record, but he is still 157 goals short as of today anyway of that. And he's getting pretty long in the tooth. So I don't think he's going to get it. Even though I think it would be cool to see for somebody to actually take one of Wayne Gretzky's records. But if I had to really actually pick one out of those many of Gretzky's records that won't be broken, it's the points record. He is over 900 points clear of the second place person. And the only active player still playing is still more than 1,300 points behind him. And he's in his 24th year, so he's not going to catch him. When we talk about goats in their sport, in hockey, is Wayne Gretzky and nobody else. There's no debate. Let's go to number two on my list. And that's Michael Phelps' Olympic medal record. So everybody and their grandmama, everybody, knows that when it comes to swimming, Michael Phelps is the best human to ever do it. And his only real competition was somewhere out there in the ocean, to be honest. Now, as impressive as that is, his 28 total medals are an Olympic record for man or woman, and is not even close. The next closest person is Laza Latnina. I probably butchered her name. She's from Russia, and she has a total of 18 medals, which is the most for any woman. But that's still 10 back of Michael Phelps. He has more gold medals won, 23, than some other countries have total medals won ever. Now, that's no shade to those countries because some of them are, you know, kind of small. But dear loud, that's an impressive stat. No one man or woman is probably going to see that record or even come close For a variety of different reasons. And honestly, this record probably should be first. It could be argued that it could be first. But my number one record to me is the hardest thing to do in sports. And I don't think it's debatable. And the record that's in my number one spot is Barry Bonds' single season home run record. Now, I know it looks easy on TV. Hit a baseball, but trust me when I tell you that hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports. Don't believe me? Just go to a batting cage, put the speed on as slow as it will possibly go, and try to hit it. Oh, and while you're trying to hit it, try and direct the ball to the part of the cage that you actually wanted to go. This is what a hitter in baseball has to try and do 
every single at bat, but that's where pitchers throwing 85 plus miles an hour. I mean, look, I just know from personal experience because I played baseball and it was tough. Now, I know there's more than a few people who thinks this man cheated. Therefore, all of his records shouldn't count, but too bad they do. They just do. In my opinion, cheating or not, Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player I have ever saw, and he holds one of the greatest records of all times, and as sure as the sky is blue, this record isn't going to ever change. He has some impressive records also that may not ever change either. He has an overall home run record. He has seven, count them, seven MVP trophies, most by any player ever. <laughs> the next closest player has three, three. He has four more MVPs than the next closest person. I don't think anybody else is going to get seven MVPs. I mean, Mike Trout has three, and he's not going to catch them either. That he's still playing. That that's just ridiculous. Seven MVPs. I should have. I probably should have picked that as one of my amazing stats ever. But that single season home run record when he hit seventy three in total. That's not ever going to be done. Even with the very talented guys that are playing right now, no one is going to get that record. Giancarlo Stanton came the closest in today's game with 59 back in 2017. And that's probably about the closest anyone is going to get to that record. Now, maybe one day we'll see a 60 one day, you know, to tie the babe who has a couple of those, but not 73. This record, because of that, gets my top honor. And yep, that record is going to stay there for a while. All right, ladies and gents, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here for the week. Thank you all for tuning in again and listening. I will be back next week with another episode. Until then, have a very, very fantastic week. And I will talk to you all later. Peace. Peace.